Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is one of the first place victors in micro magic at FISM Quebec. Luis Olmedo is my guest. We discuss his road to victory, the coin magic that got him there, and a lot more. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Rick Lax and Justin Flom. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians give significant thought to the literature they would like if they washed up on the shores of a land bereft of magic shops. This week, David Jonathan joins me for Desert Island Magic books. David Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, but it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your Desert Island Magic Book? You know, it's a great question, and there's been so many episodes of this podcast, and I feel like a lot of the classic books are named a lot, so I wanted to try to say one that's kind of really flown under the radar, uh, but it was a really big inspiration for me, and that was Spoiler Alert from Ryan Matney. Ooh, I am, this is unusual, I'm not familiar with that book. I have, I, I buy a lot of books, and I read a lot of books, and I don't know this one. Tell me about it. Yeah, I'm not the guy with the big magic shelf and library, but uh, this is one of the few books that I've read that just really inspired me. So it's, um, if you're not familiar with Ryan Matney, he's kind of a student of John Bannon. So if you're into like Cameron Francis, John Bannon style of card magic, uh, Ryan's name belongs right up there with those guys. So um, there's about like 50 tricks in the book, but just really what impressed me was, I mean, the routines are fantastic, but everything, the way he structures it, it's some of the best constructed tricks I've ever read for card magic. He just has a gift to streamline effects that just minimize every single move possible and that everything flows together in such an efficient way. So every handling just feels natural. It doesn't look like you're doing anything. And when I was reading the book, it's just every time I come back to it, it's so inspiring as just like the pinnacle of what I look for in how to structure an effect right? How to streamline moves together and uh, just make it be the best possible. So uh, I really do not understand why this book has flown under the radar so heavily because no one really talks about it, but uh, it is really one of the best books that I've read, just his ability to connect methods. And yeah, there's some really incredible routines in there. Uh, I remember the first time I read it, there's a few that stood out and just immediately my notebook was filled, whether it was moves, methods, sequencing like i think three of my facts were inspired in all those different aspects just by reading through that material so you know, yeah people should really look into that i really like people who can take things and make them much more streamlined and much less complicated i mean like you know i like complicated difficult sleight of hand but that is not always what i like performing when the chips are down and i need to do something impressive uh for people and really make them feel like there's magic and it's not one of my talents and so i definitely want to read this book to sort of gain an insight into his his thought process absolutely uh it's as I said, it's Florida of the Radar. Uh, John Bannon actually wrote the intro for it, so oh, I sort of mentioned similarities to him. So uh, if people like his style of magic, I would say uh, Neo Bannon, because the older <laughs> Bannon was like a difficult slights, right? Yeah. But the more like semi-self-working-ish clever principles Bannon, yeah. uh, this is in line with that. Well, it sounds like a fantastic book, and I'll have to add it my sh to my shelf. Thanks so much for joining us on the Desert Island Magic Books. 
Thanks to David Jonathan for joining me on the show. Be sure to give a listen to his interview from a few weeks ago and check out his latest effect, Color Sync. It's a real banger. Now, on to the main event. Luis Almeida tied with Simon Cornell at FISM Quebec for first prize in the micro category. His breathtaking coin magic featured some of the single cleanest matrix style effects I've ever seen. His show during the winner's gala was marred by technical difficulties that he handled the way only a true professional could. Luis joined me via Zoom to discuss the FISM experience, and now you get to join our our conversation. Luis Almeida, thank you so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. First and foremost, congratulations on first place in micro at FISM Quebec. It was an amazing act. Thank you very much for inviting me, and uh, it's a pleasure for me to, to talk with you, even after FISM, to meet you and uh, to see your act. <laughs> oh, it was... I, I feel like all of the competitors were really wonderful, and everyone who performed, especially backstage at least on my day, because I know you and I competed on different days, it was a real sense of fun with people to just get, I mean, obviously there was anxiety, but people were enjoying talking to one another and getting to know one another. Yes, uh, uh, for me, it was the, the third, my, my, my third uh, FISM. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was uh, competing in uh, Italy, competing mm-hmm. in uh, Korea. Uh, and this for me has been the, the most personal, uh, uh, the, the good energy that we have in the backstage, because uh, it's the the competition mm-hmm. where there was more competitors in each category. Uh, we was uh, twenty one in micro magic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, nineteen in uh, card magic, mm-hmm. and we we was like a family, and this is really good because this is not a comp- not it's not really a competition. Yeah, uh, you are not compete against uh, no one. Yeah, at some level, when you're at, at at some point when you're competing at this level, you know it's who who knows who's going to win because you're it's you're judging art against art. I mean, how to? I mean, how do you? I mean, I know that there's a very serious judging process for FISM, uh, and there's a lot of good criteria and some very knowledgeable judges. But you know, you know, you and Simon both won first place with very very different acts, and I I don't I wouldn't know how to compare them. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think that I even uh, we are, we was talking a, a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and I told you that I didn't expect to to win the first prize in mm-hmm. uh before uh, to do the act. Mm-hmm. After do the act, after to perform the act uh, at Fism in the competition, uh, it was really good. The sensations was amazing, but uh, you never know if you are going to win or not because this is not a sport this is art yeah sorry so you you, you are not competing uh, against uh, no one just competing against you for to be your your best version let's let's talk about your act a little bit because it's a, a yeah. beautiful matrix isn't the right word maybe translocation with cards and coins were the but it's so slow and beautiful how long have you been working on that piece uh, I started to work uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the, the original idea was a regular matrix with the with the actual ideas. Mm-hmm. But uh, I put I used to put the, the the coins in a square, and I didn't like it because it didn't represent what I want to to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because I, I talked about the fountain and that the coins uh, like to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start to work uh, into break this uh, square mm-hmm. 
and I start to to work uh, putting the, the the coins in a diagonal. Mm -hmm. So it comes the idea for to do the progressives or to do this this kind of things. But the challenge with myself is always uh, in all of my magic is to do everything slow, everything uh, very clear, and uh, to work for the layman and for the magicians for both in a head. Okay, so I, I've been working on this for five years, mm -hmm. but uh, I've I changed so many things, and of course I have so many doubts if it was good or bad, but. At the end, uh, I've just put all that I have inside of me. You know, it's uh, for, for listeners who haven't seen it, um, uh, Luis puts four coins in a diagonal line across a map and covers them with cards. And then he lifts the cards and the coins gather underneath the cards progressively. And you can't see anything. And it... It, it looks like you just brought like a regular close-up mat, four ordinary coins, four cards. I mean, it, it is it is frightening how clean it is. Yeah, that, that, that was a challenge because uh, in so many conventions, in some competitions, or even in uh, in galas, mm -hmm. uh, when I perform in theater, uh, always, or most of times, comes uh, some magicians to tell me about my path, mm -hmm. about the, if I use uh, camera tricks, uh, not camera tricks, but you know, uh, black cards yes. or something. Yeah. Uh, if I have holes on the pad, mm -hmm. but uh, the last time uh, I have, if I can't uh, to tell a, a little uh, thing, it's yes. a very funny thing, because uh, I was performing in a in Taiwan mm -hmm. in the TMA. It, it we was uh, taking uh, drinking some beers uh, with uh, Lucas with some Korean guys, mm -hmm. and uh, Lucas comes to me and uh, told me, "Hey, your act is beautiful, but it's a pity that you can't perform." Uh, in close-up conditions, mm -hmm. we was in the in the in the in the in, in our room, and uh, I said, "If you want, I can take the path and uh, do it here." So I, I performed the act in the floor of the of the room of Lucas. So it was really funny because he called he called all the the Korean magicians uh, for to be, and suddenly I had. Uh, like uh, 20 people, mm -hmm. 20 Korean magicians uh, on the bed uh, surrounding me, and uh, I performed the act uh, in the floor of the, of the room. It was really funny, but that, I can't do it in closer condition. That was that is that is amazing. Um, I I love that it's the act is a part of your working repertoire. That it's something you do all of the time. Am I correct in that? Yep, yeah, it's great. And your. Uh, your performance in the gala show was really interesting because there was some technical problems getting the cameras synced up. And look, <laughs> I, I I do tech for Penguin, and you know the, I think the tech team at Quebec was working very hard, but clearly there was something that there was a machine that wasn't obeying them, and the audience started to to revolt. And you stood your ground and stopped and waited, even told them to turn the music off. It was what was going through your head during that because it it you didn't seem to blame the tech team you just seemed to know something you needed to wait like what what happened? Uh, what I feel it was uh, empathy. 
Mm-hmm. Buffy for the for the spectators. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Tornado from Justin Flom and Rick Lax. Nick Lacapo stopped by the show to discuss this wallet-sized transposition. Nick, every time Rick Lax and Justin Flom team up, there's usually a really cool trick that you can just do almost anywhere, anytime. And this time we're talking about Tornado. Tornado was one of my favorite tricks, like, ever to um, forget that I, I had in my wallet. You know you know those times when you're, like, you're out and, like, I'm about to do some magic with somebody, and then it's like, what do I even have on me? And because Tornado is only two cards, you just leave it in your wallet or any place that you, you can carry things easily, you're set up to do an awesome trick. So, like, here's what happens is you have two cards. I believe they're, they're all sevens and fours. Um, and you tear you tear the corner off of one of them. So you tear, like, the corner of the, the four off. So you get the little four in the little little corner, and you give it to the spectator, and you put it in their hand. And then you tear the corner off the seven. And you can throw the other the, the cards away. Uh, you don't need them at that point. And you have the little corner of the seven. You just give it a shake, and it changes visually into the four. And then the spectator opens their hand, and they've got the corner of the seven. So it's a really impossible corner transposition, but it plays... <sighs> It's hard to explain why this trick is like it so much more powerful. Like it plays up huge. near your face. Yeah, because it does play up. It, it's not. There's no deck of cards. You're not leaning over, and there's this element of when you're tearing the cards up, where it's very like I don't care. Uh, there's a lot of freedom uh, associated with this trick. You can see him perform this. I think he played either on like the James Corden show or. Um, Maybe uh, yeah. one of the late night talk shows Flom did this on, and you can see like this is a great card trick to do in almost any scenario. And anytime you are tearing up your playing cards, your audience is immediately invested because they're like, "Oh no, you're a magician! You 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 need your playing cards." I mean, it just it focuses everybody the moment that that first tear happens. Yeah, so you get um, stacks of these sevens and fours. They're they're specially gimmick cards to help you do the trick. And uh, obviously, this is a refill uh, trick, but this is a, gr- <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a really, really strong, we all know transpositions are as strong as it gets when it comes to card magic, and this one plays a little extra stronger than any regular transposition you could do from your deck of cards. Tornado by Justin Flom and Rick Lax. Check it out. That was Tornado by Justin Flom and Rick Lax. As always, the voluminous listeners to the show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter the special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is TWISTER. That's TWISTER, T-W-I-S-T-E-R, just like the Helen Hunt film. For 25% off Tornado when you enter that special discount code at checkout. That code is only good for Tornado and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Luis Olmedo. It was what was going through your head during that because it, it you didn't seem to blame the tech team. You just seemed to know something you needed to wait. Like what what happened? Uh, what I feel it was uh, empathy, mm-hmm. empathy for the for the spectators because they start to to scream, they start to feel uncomfortable, and I feel uh, because. Uh, my act is a musical. It's a musical act, mm-hmm. but I, I have to be connected with the with the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this kind of a stage that it's really big, mm-hmm. this is not, not not this is not a normal uh, conditions for to for to perform. But I was really relaxed uh, because uh, it's my act, so mm-hmm. I'm going to to, to enjoy. Uh, the point was that when I feel that something was wrong, uh, I start to to hear the, the screams and uh, 
I breathe. I remember this moment and I say, okay, don't worry. Wait. Mm -hmm. And after I say the it's not working the camera. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't worry. Because I I want that the the audience watch the act that I prepare for them. Yeah. Uh nothing else. I can't wait. It's it's real. Yeah. I can't wait. But in this kind of uh, conditions, in this kind of moments that the, you're playing for the Grand Prix, uh, but uh, for me the Grand Prix was like a, it, it was not not an impossible, but uh, I really didn't care to mm -hmm. win or not because I was in the in one of the best scenarios uh, possible uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me it was an honor. And uh, what, what I pretend was to keep calm uh, and the, that the people, because when something goes wrong in these kind of uh, situations, uh, the audience is like, uh, they, they create a high tension. Yeah. Very high. And uh, even if uh, even some of them was angry mm -hmm. with, the, with the technique, yeah. Not for me, not for me. Uh, but, so I just breathe, uh, understand what's happening, and uh, and and if the if the camera doesn't turn on again, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. But the audience can't can't suffer for me. Yeah, this is very important. This is very important. I want that the when I perform, the the audience relax, enjoy. Uh, have the, the the magic inside them but uh, they can't suffer for the technical problems yeah. because this is my thing mm -hmm. not their thing it was it was a really wonderful moment that helped to smooth out the rest of the show i think because i mean it is, it is the gala show and and everyone wants to see these acts because these are the best acts um but it was really it was really wonderful for you to just sort of pause and and feel that for the audience and also like give the tech team time to get everything together. It was, it was really great. Um, but this is not the first time you've competed. You, you have a lot of awards. I was looking on your website. You've, uh, you know, you've won card magic competitions in Spain. You've, uh, won numerous awards all over Europe. What is it that drives you to compete? I mean, you mentioned that this is your third FISM, you know, I've only done one and I, don't really want to do it again, but you compete a lot. What what is it that drives you to compete? For me, compete is not about about win or or lose, mm -hmm. because you never lose if you go to a competition, a magic competition. As I said, uh, this is not a sport. This is not a, I don't know. Uh, this is art. Mm -hmm. So. My point of view of the competition, and it's the reason because I compete so many times, is to prepare something, to prepare myself, uh, to improve me like a magician, like an artist. And uh, when I compete, I've never do for a prize. I never do for to win something. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I did it for to have a deadline for to present the best of me mm -hmm. on this act. Uh, in this place, okay. So, for example, on FISM, this act uh, had four or five years. So, uh, this time it was uh, I, I decided that it was the the 
it was to be the last time that uh, I went to compete. Mm-hmm. But the 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 rest of them, always I I did it. I, I did it for a uh, for to for to do my best, pretending to put the best of me mm-hmm. on these ten minutes, and uh, to learn everything that I can uh, for to for to improve me like yeah. a magician, like a, an artist. Well, what is what is next for you uh, now that now that you've now that you've sort of conquered this goal? Competition. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no more competition. No more, uh, no more competition for a while. Yeah, I, I decide before season. Yeah, uh, it has been uh, nine uh, nine years competing. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I won prizes, but uh, it doesn't matter uh, because at the end, uh, now when I perform, now when I go, when I do a lecture, when I I do a, a gala or my own show. I feel that uh, I'm better because I compete in the past, mm-hmm. not not for win or, or lose. I, I did it just because I, I I've learned so so many things. Mm-hmm. For example, the the technical issues that we have in the Grand Prix gala. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, if I didn't compete so many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> shit! I don't know how yeah. how how I, uh, how it was my attitude there, mm-hmm. because uh, this kind of things happened so many mm-hmm. times. But you have to fix it. Yeah. And I have learned to fix these kind of things, uh, or if someone something fail in the act, don't uh, don't fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, your attitude have to be. High all the time. So now when I perform, I have learned mm-hmm. from all this contest. Well, now th- this is the important part. Yes. Well, now that you're done competing, what what are you going to go off and do next? Are you? Do you have any any new goals now that you're done competing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for now, I have my own show here in Spain. Mm-hmm. It's a close-up show for to be, for to do in uh, close-up conditions mm-hmm. or in theaters. So right now, I, I'm performing it. I'm working. Uh, I'm working in so many places right now. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm really happy because it's a dream. I'm performing uh, in so many countries, doing lecture, gala mm-hmm. shows, or whatever. Uh, and I'm writing a book that I have the idea uh, a year, one year ago, but yeah. I didn't feel prepared for mm-hmm. to write it. So now this award uh, pushed me. Mm-hmm. I had for to for to write it, and uh, I will release maybe next year and maybe two years. In two years, it will be in English, mm-hmm. but next year I will release in, in Spanish. And that's the point because I think that uh, if you win something, it's not the the the, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's just a new beginning. Yeah. So now I'm preparing, I'm writing new ideas, uh, releasing uh, new tricks. Um, it's, it's the same that <laughs> with. Well, I can't wait for your book to be published. Count me in to buy the first copy really? as soon as it's out in English. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by your magic and I want to see more. Well, Luis well, Almedo, thank you thank so you. much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Congratulations again. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon at another convention or, or, or a show. 
Thank you very much. It has been a pleasure. And uh, always, you always in my team. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Luis for joining me on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, it's that time of year when we give the Black Friday sneak peek. Next week, Nick and I are spilling the beans on exactly what the brand new tricks will be available for Black Friday, talk through them all, and give you some hot tips to get ready for our Black Friday event. Also, we'll be previewing the Black Friday live stream. That's right, Nick and I will be live on YouTube in a worldwide streaming event that you won't want to miss. More on that next week. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media network that you have been scouring the net for early word on our holiday releases. If you want to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you're going to have to send me a message to the barbell unit of East Borda because I've been going to the First Church of Swole and making sweat offerings to the one true god of iron so we could hear the hymn of plates stacking and racking. Sorry, I've been hanging out with the guys at my gym too much. But if lifting heavy things isn't your idea of a good time, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform.